podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jay here from Stratford Paddock. This is the Tier 1 Transfer Podcast. Joining me... As always, I was going to say as always. No, I was going to say it's yeah, not as always. Not as always is Ronaldo Brown back from his uh, <laughs> sabbatical. You okay, brother? Sabbatical, we call it that. I got caught out, didn't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get into that, though. We won't get into that. And also, we've got a special guest joining us all the way over from Germany, who's away with the German national team, uh, is the Sport Eins chief reporter, Patrick Berger. Patrick, how are we doing? Hey, guys, I'm fine. I hope you too. I'm here in Herzogenaurach. I think it's hard to pronounce for, for English speaker. Mm. Uh, it's a very small city next to Nuremberg like 15 minutes away and the German national team is training and practicing here. I mean, yeah, I won't... And, I won't, and there is a big, big ball. You're getting distracted. I, I can see that, ball. yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, I won't try with the pronunciation because I'll only get it wrong. Uh, you must have been impressed with the recent Germany result as well. Yeah, I was. It was a tough start, uh, 1-0 against, against France, but it was a very good uh, performance against Portugal, 4-2 against the European champion. And yeah, a very good uh, performance by Robin Gosens, especially the the star of Atalanta Bergamo. So we, we yeah we are in a good shape with Germany with national. Speaking about that Gosens, when I first saw him, I thought, is that Lucas Podolski? Yeah, in he disguise. Does, he looks a lot like him on first glance. He does look <laughs> a little bit like Lucas Podolski. I don't know. A few people have said that. Yeah, I've seen it on Twitter, and when I saw it at first, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, but he's saying, but but he's saying. I ask, I, I ask him, but he's saying, "Hey guys, I don't see the the, the or I'm not similar to him." So it's quite funny. But the people outside, they think, "Hey, he looks like Lucas Podolski." Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's worse people to look like. To be fair, <laughs> moving on from the German national team uh, to to the English national team, uh, Jaden Sancho. Obviously, we know you've been covering this for. We spoke to you last summer. Um, when you were talking about it and you've been covering this quite a lot recently. Um, what's the latest with Jadon Sancho's move to Manchester United? What can you give us in terms of an update? Yeah, the latest is, uh, I always uh, I also reported, that there is a second improved uh, offer or bid from Manchester United uh, on Jadon Sancho. It's around 85 million euros, but included bonus. And this is uh, yeah, way too less for Borussia Dortmund. They want 90 million euros as a guaranteed sum. And so we all have to wait. We had a similar situation last summer where Dortmund sort of set a deadline, they set a price uh, tag or a fee, and United didn't meet that. Do you expect Dortmund to, to sort of be as, as sort of stern and as, as play hardball again? Do you think there is any budging or do you think they are going to stick to their guns? Yeah, the situation is uh, way or more, more different than, than last year. Last year, the asking price was £120 million. Um, there was a gentle ag- gentleman agreement with Jaden and his uh, and his camp, and the deadline was, uh, I don't know, the mid of July, but uh, uh, the mid of August it was. It was a bit later. But now the the deadline is a bit looser. The Borussia um, is going to the training camp to Switzerland on the 23 of July, and the B4B bosses they they okay they want to have this transfer until the 23 of of July. As I said, the deadline is a bit loser. If an offer went uh, went in or, or comes in three or four days later, it's not a problem. So, and the asking price is now 90 million euro um, plus add-ons. Add-ons are not the biggest problem, as I heard. Um, I was I was told that uh, there are some problems with the payment installment. I think this is the right word. Um, the B4B want a shorter payment installment, just two or three years, and uh, Manchester United they want four or five years. So uh, there are, yeah, still details to be made, and uh, yeah, they they are still far away to meet. So yeah, let's wait and let's see. Have to see how long 
how likely are Dortmund to kind of pull the plug if United continue to mess around over the fee? Yeah, in Dortmund, they, all the people in Dortmund, they say to me that they expect to uh, Jaden to leave. Um, so they are looking for new replacements, uh, Noni Majueke and also Daniel Malen. They, they are the top candidates uh, as a successor uh, of, of, of Jaden Sancho. Um, and I talked to two bosses of Borussia Dortmund and they said, hey, I don't know why uh, Manchester United... Uh, uh, don't get us uh, the money, the 90 million euro. It's okay for a player like uh, Jaden. And um, the people from Dortmund, they said they think that uh, Manchester United don't know how good Jaden really is. And you see it uh, in England. The, 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 I think the um, appreciation is, is way or, or more different in England than in Germany. Here in Germany, he is a hero. He is one of the best players in the German Bundesliga. And you guys, you see it in, in England. Uh, yeah, he's, he's now pl not, not playing uh, um, at the at the uh, English national team, and and this is a big problem, I think. Do you think we could see a repeat of last summer if United don't actually match what Dortmund are asking for? Because obviously you mentioned that Dortmund are looking at possible replacements, and they've almost resigned to the fact that Sancho will probably leave. But if United actually don't match the fee, could you continue? Could you possibly see the fact that Dortmund will just not end up selling him in the end? Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, at the end, the transfer will work. I think that United or that they will meet uh, at the at the point. Uh, last year, I said Sancho is saying, and now I would say Sancho is leaving. I mean, you mentioned there the fact that Dortmund are lo already looking for replacements. That's a pretty big indication that, that they're planning ahead. We know Dortmund likes to plan ahead, and that was part of the problem last summer when it was dragging on. They already started planning for, for the season with Jadon Sancho. The fact that they're planning for, for the season... Without him, that should give us a, an indication that this deal, I don't know, can we start getting optimistic now as Manchester United fans? Yeah, it, it is, of course. Um, last year, they, they weren't so far with, uh, with other players. Um, as I heard from, from, uh, from the Dortmund side, they are very clear, very far with one player. I think it's Daniel Malen. Um, so everything is clear. The, the personal terms uh, are agreed, as I heard. It's... Uh, it's uh, a contract with uh, Manchester United around, uh, I think it's around uh, five years. It's a long-term contract. He will earn uh, more money, uh, a big salary at, at Manchester, around 15 million. Now in Dortmund, he has around 8 million euros. So everything is clear. But just the two uh, clubs uh, has to match. And I expect that they will match and they will find a solution. Just wanted to ask you, Patrick, you've seen a lot of Jadon Sancho. You said that Dortmund have a feeling that Manchester United don't understand just how good Jadon Sancho is. Do you think, from what you've seen, that he is worth that fee? Do you think he, he should command that sort of that 90 million fee? He's one, really one of the best players I've ever seen in the Bundesliga. He is very fast. He, he is now more professional than in the last years. Um, I heard the stories from, uh, from the training. Uh, he was too late. He was too long in the bed. And, he, uh, yeah, and, and now he's very professional. He, um, he's in a good shape. He's in a good mood. And the second uh, part last season he was one of the key players to win the uh, DFB Pokal Cup final with uh, Borussia Dortmund and in my opinion Jadon Sancho um, can has a massive impact on every team in the world so of course he would help uh, Manchester United and of course he would also help Borussia Dortmund um, yeah but we have to wait and we have to see what happens. We certainly do. Certainly agrees he's a minute isn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if this deal was to fall through 
do you believe there's any possible alternatives for United across Europe in a right-wing position or even within the Bundesliga? Um, there are talks with the representative of uh, Kingsley Coman, uh, FC Bayern Munich. Uh, there is no solution found at the moment uh, with, uh, with uh, Bayern Munich to extend the contract. And he's like a plan B. He has Pini Sahavi. We all know him. He's a very experienced uh, um, um, agent in, uh, in, in this business. And he is in contact with uh, the Man United bosses. And he could be a plan B. Maybe there are more plan Bs. Uh, I don't know exactly. But, uh, of course, uh, Kingsley Mo- uh, Coman, he's one option. We've not seen Jadon Sancho play for England in the Euros at all. Is that taking people in Germany by surprise? Because you've seen how good Jadon Sancho has been for Borussia Dortmund. He's not got any minutes so far in this competition. What, what's the sort of feeling over in Germany? Is that something that the people in Germany are surprised at at all? Yeah, of course. Also here in the uh, training camp with the German national team, we are here with around 200 journalists and uh, also a lot of reporters uh, who are covering news about uh, Borussia Dortmund. And we are all wondering why Gareth Southgate uh, uh, doesn't give him the chance or doesn't give... Uh, Jaden the, the chance. So we are all a bit surprised and wondering and hopefully uh, he will or, or he has the chance to show what he really can uh, at three lines. And just finally, I just want to ask you, obviously you're over there with Germany. They've had the good result against Portugal. Is confidence high now in the German camp? Do they think that they can go on and, and win this competition? Of course. Uh, the, the, the people in Germany, they believe again in this team. It was uh, yeah, a big disaster in 2018, uh, the first time ever a German team uh, um, went off in the, in, the, in the group stage. So uh, people are now very confident uh, because of people like uh, or player like uh, Thomas Müller or player like Mats Hummels who are back again at the German national team. And of course, of Robin Gosens alias uh, Lukas Podolski. Uh, um, so the emotions are back here in Germany and people believe that they're... Uh, that, that there are chances to win the title. And, uh, yeah, so we are very confident. Yeah, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Germany because I think this is the first time they've come into a tournament like this, ranked outside the top 10 in the FIFA rankings. And uh, people need to realise that when it comes to competition time, Germans usually step up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can never count Germany out when it comes to the uh, competitions like the Euros or the World Cup. They're always there or thereabouts. Patrick, it's been great chatting to you. We appreciate you coming on the channel. and we, we, we'll all, We're all following you on social media because we know you're on top of the Sancho news. So as soon as it breaks, I'm sure you'll be all over it. I tried to do my best, guys. We will see in London uh, when, uh, when the three lines uh, yeah, meet up with the German national team. Yes, definitely. Yes. We'll have to meet up. Thanks a lot, Patrick. He's a nice guy, isn't he? Patrick Berger, <laughs> friendly guy. Um, he's a nice guy, man. Yeah, good, good for him to come on the channel again and chat to us. Knows his stuff. Obviously, he's over there with the German national side. He's been covering Dortmund for quite a while now and he's quite close to the uh, Sancho deal. From that, Ronnie, did you get the impression that this is it now, it's going to happen? Because he seemed, he seemed a lot more confident this summer than last summer when we spoke to him. Exactly. Last season, people were very optimistic and we all were. We all thought it was pretty much going to be done and dusted last season as well and he was the one person that we kind of spoke to and got on and he was telling us he wasn't very he was quite pessimistic yeah. about it he was saying he doesn't see Sancho leaving he obviously knew something that he was right didn't. as well wasn't and it? he was very right <laughs> he was literally on. everything that Patrick Berger said last year in the yeah. one podcast was right so he must know he knows his stuff and um, the fact that he seems so positive about it and he expects Sancho to actually leave this time I think we we can get a little bit giddy 
cautiously young, optimistic, I think is the... Uh, is I'm, not, I'm not saying that phrase again. I've overused it since you said it the yeah, other day. sorry. <laughs> uh, one thing I like what he said, he was talking about Jadon Sancho. Obviously, he's watched pretty much every game Jadon Sancho's played for Dortmund. And he talks about his progression, not just as a player, but as a professional. He used that word, professional. Mm. And there were these sort of question marks about sometimes when he was... Now and again, not very often, but might be late for training or whatever. But he said he's taking his professionalism up a gear. Is that something that you sort of gives you confidence that Jadon Sancho... He's ready for Manchester United. He 100% is ready for United. Jadon Sancho, yeah. no one can argue he's got all the talent and all the ability in the world. And even just on pure like eye test, when you're watching him, you can see the kind of player he is. But then when it comes to the actual production, not many players in world football have produced what he's produced in the past couple of years. And that's just the bottom line of it. And there's literally no excuse for United not to get that done. It's someone that we've chased for so long. And if you end up not actually getting him in the end, it just continues to look really really damning yeah. on, on United in general and the way that we negotiate and the, the kind of the way we navigate transfer windows we need to be better and we need to look kind of make a statement we, we spoke all this about we want to improve we want to get back to title winning we want to challenge City these are the type of players you need to bring in to do that simple as and if we don't get it done we're just stagnant we're just stagnant and we kind of plateau again and it's just frustrating for us as fans and we want to see that ambition and I think if it's an extra ten million, why don't you just do that? I don't. I don't understand. It's it's getting me frustrated. No, I mean, I think we're all frustrated all about it. So I think I'm completely with you. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he was funny that because he was mentioning as well, like that there's a surprise element over in Germany that Jaden Sancho, at the time of recording this, anyway, you know, we've had two games for England. He wasn't. He hasn't featured at all in either of those games. This is a kid who's been mega productive towards the end of the mm. season. Sean, as he said in the German Cup final, yet yeah, can't kick a ball for England, and he said the German sort of press and the people in Germany are surprised by it. Have you been surprised that Gareth Southgate hasn't turned to Jadon Sancho yet? I've been very surprised, but you know what it is, we, we did mention, he's not, he's not seemed too favourable towards Jadon Sancho in general, even yeah. in, in the past year, if he plays him, it's usually cameos or, or just a random start here and there. It doesn't seem like someone that he's got as one of his favourites, and Gareth Southgate seems to be someone who has that kind of favouritism element, that kind of... Premier League bias, as people have called it, which is very true because Gareth Southgate probably goes and watches all these Premier League players and kind of liaises with all the, the coaches and, and stuff like that and then kind of gets close to him in that sort of way. And then because Jadon Sancho's out there in Germany doing his thing, it might just be a little bit of that. I don't know what it is because it must be that because there's no other reason. He's good enough to start. He's good enough to play. He's one of the best players England have right now. And the fact that he can't even get in the squad is a bit like... Yeah, because the what, first like, was it the what, first like, game he wasn't it? even in the squad, was yeah. it? In the second game, yeah. uh, the game against Croatia wasn't in the squad. Yeah. I know he's over, obviously because you have to name was yeah. it like two players that can't be in the squad. I think it was him. Was it him and Sako? Uh, the, the two players. Um, yeah, yeah. Or three players. Sorry, no, I think it might have been someone else. More than that. Uh, yeah, Maguire. Sorry, sorry, it was Maguire who was injured. The second game, he didn't obviously didn't get on the pitch. Um, and when you look at it, you look at players in form. I mean, Jaden Sancho's been banging in goals towards the end of the season. Rashford hasn't, Sterling hasn't, do you know what I mean? Calvert-Lewin hasn't. Exactly, but it just comes down, that's what football is, the industry. Like, it's just, it's not always about performance. It's always, sometimes it's the politics involved, you don't know what's going on. And that's the only kind of excuse you can come up with for the fact that Jaden can't get a sniff because, as you said, Rashford statistically had a good season last year in in hindsight, but his performances over the last six months haven't been well, great. Yeah, He'd just, even say that himself. Yeah, it, like just in terms yeah. of sort of, if you go like last month or so, 
Like, and I love Marcus Rashford. Rashford doesn't even... Rashford didn't start the first. Yeah, first no, to be fair, he's, he's only not, had a cameo. But, yeah. like, if you're looking at the players like the ones I've mentioned, they haven't had a productive end to the season. Jadon Sancho has. Scoring a, a brace in the cup final. Yeah. Banging in goals in the Bundesliga. Getting assists. I think it's five goals and four assists in his last seven games. Exactly. He was, he was heavily games. He was heavily scrutinised throughout the whole beginning part of the season yeah. when his form tailed off slightly compared to where it was before it. Before um, the season before. But then he literally ended the season back to himself, his old self. He was strong, goals, assists, skills, dribbling, power, pace. Just a Premier League footballer. And that's what he looks like and that's what he is. And he comes into the squad and because he doesn't play in the Premier League and he's not... I, I, I don't know what else is. It must be that um, Gal Southgate doesn't want to give him a look in. It's just it's a little bit confusing to me, but... It is what it is. I'm. I've my thoughts on Southgate aren't great anyway. Never have been. We'll say we'll and save that for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but you, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. I mean, we can discuss it out of Southgate uh, all day long. I mean, fair. I understand where you're coming from on that one. Um, just finally, mate, you mentioned there alternatives to Jadon Sancho, which have almost been forgotten about now because everyone's so heavily invested in us getting Jadon mm. Sancho. He mentioned Kingsley Coman, who a couple of years ago or eighteen months ago was looked at as an alternative. He mentioned him, but again, it seems like, for me, I got the impression that that's nah. not going to happen. That you know was, what it is? You know, a distant second choice. With Kingsley Coleman, he's won wherever he's gone. And he's won loads of things. He's got the um, <laughs> the raff over Angie. I know you'll mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop but, mentioning that, bro, but, because uh, I keep saying it and it's not yeah, fair on you. But what happened was, Bayern Munich were trying to shop Kingsley Coleman like a year or t- 18 months, two years ago. And... They kind of emphasised that by bringing in Leroy Sane as basically a replacement for him. Serge Gnabry was doing unbadness on the European scene and then he brought Leroy Sane in to basically say, Coleman, you can go elsewhere. They was even shopping him to go on loan somewhere. And that level of player, because that's not really an indictment on Kingsley Coleman, because when you watch him, he's a great player. Yeah. He's actually, and Kingsley Coleman actually reacted really well, which is a testament to him, is what he did was he performed when all this was around him, he started performing for Bayern Munich to the point where they couldn't ignore him or they couldn't um, let him go. I think he started a lot of games last season and he's even scored in the Champions League final, didn't he? That time. And um, But even now, I feel like there's still that thing where Bayern Munich are not too sure about him. They wouldn't mind if someone came with a bit of a, a big transfer fee for him, but I don't think United would, would, would go that way. But in terms of an alternative, he's not someone that if it did happen you'd kind of turn like you kind of be disgruntled about he's still a great player and he'd still improve our squad and if anything Kingsley Coleman's the quality level and the ability level he'd start right wing for United yeah oh, so 100% 100% it's it's just that he's at playing at Bayern Munich and obviously it's one of probably the best team in Europe right about now I know they didn't make it to the Champions League final but in terms of the whole kind of how they performed over the past two years. Yeah, if you look yeah, at everything, yeah. all, all things considered, definitely. Um, yeah, I think we're at the point now, past the point, no return. If Jaden Sancho doesn't come to Manchester United, there's absolutely no excuses. Uh, big thanks to Patrick Berger for coming on the channel again. Uh, obviously, sunning it up over there in Germany. Uh, we'll have to get him on again as well towards the end of the season. He said he's coming to London, so we might have to meet up with him. Ronnie, uh, where can people find you? Now you're back on the channel, back on the, <laughs> back on the Tier 1 well, podcast. Really 10 days ban, in it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you missed Romano, man. I still Romano. can't believe the, the, the only time well, you've missed the Tier 1 transfer podcast is where we had Mr. Here We Go On. 
It's all right. I've, I've, I've had him couple times before, haven't I? Yeah, mate. I'll just, I'll just drop that in. We've done Ronaldo so many times, right? No, Ronaldo's the guy, but he's yeah, cool yeah. guy, man. Uh, where can people find you on the socials? Ronaldo Brown underscore 98 on Twitter. For some entertainment. Yeah, he's always entertaining. Trust me on that front. He is. Um, you know where to find me. Uh, you can find Patrick Berger as well on the uh, on the socials and check out Sport Irons because they're obviously be keeping you up to date with anything that's popping off when it comes to Jaden Sancho, when it comes to Dortmund, when it comes to anything in Germany. They are the leading, the tier one. They are the leading tier one podcast or podcast or publication, I should say, for all things related to German football. So make sure you're checking them out as well. That's been Ronaldo Brown. I've been Jay Moy. This has been the Tier 1 Transfer Podcast with Patrick Berger. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.